0: Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged, the podcast series brought to you by OpenBankingExpo.com. I'm Ellie Duncan, Head of Content, and I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Pope, VP of Payments and Platforms at Tink, to discuss how variable recurring payments, or VRPs as they're commonly known, will disrupt the payments industry. Uh, Tom recently spoke to me for an online Q&A, actually, about open banking payments and and the various use cases. So if you haven't read that already, then that's on the Insights section of openbankingexpo.com, well worth a read. But uh, yeah, on to today's topic, uh, VRPs, and the UK's largest current account providers are working to a deadline of July this year for the implementation of vrps for sweeping use cases that's on the recommendation of the open banking implementation entity so um i think we've probably in the in the past sort of few days and weeks seen a bit more about some sort of banks and providers that have have come out with uh, some vrp use cases so things are starting to happen in the space uh, which brings me to to tom and um w- welcome to the to the podcast great to have you on
1: Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here.
0: So let's start with a fairly straightforward question, but uh, definitely needs asking. Why are VRPs considered the most significant development in open banking to date? Because because they are, right?
1: Yes. And um, I've got a stat, I think, which I'll start off with, which I think explains very easily why. right? Um, and that is in the UK right now, there's about a billion of card transactions taking place a year there are 4.6 billion back direct debit transactions taking place. So the market here is really, really large. It's a really considerable opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, VRP, the way that I think about it is it provides the framework to build the next generation real time API based direct debit, pro- uh, the direct debit product. Right? And it completely replace that 4.6 billion of direct debit transactions that we have a year. Um, p i s as it stands today and i'm i'm going to use <laughs> i just for yeah, i'm sure everyone listening to this is a is an open banking fan but in case you're not p i s means payment initiation payment initiation service um it's the process by which a licensed provider like Tink can initiate a payment from your account to someone else's account that today is a one time uh, payment method it works really well for bill payments and for account top-up payments. Um, it's really good uh, for things like replacing offline bank transfers. Uh, if you were trying to top up an investment account using a bank transfer before, and you've done that Ellie, but if, if someone ever says to you, hey, can you transfer this amount to this sort code and this account number, and by the way, you've got to get this reference exactly right, and the amount exactly right, or it will fail. Terrible user experience, right? No one wants to be redirected or has to go into the, a separate bank login to do that. Um, so PIS is fantastic for that, right? It makes it a super smooth, super quick user journey uh, and that's seeing explosive growth. But that's still a very small market compared to the recurring kind of C2B payments that you can do with direct debits. Um, and I think direct debits have got their faults and you know, I'm sure we'll spend some time talking about that today. Um, and BRP is a really great way that we can kind of take that, that whole piece forward. Of course and then i'll stop talking i promise um, but of course uh, um, vrp could also have great applications in the card space as well um it's not just about direct debits like it would be very possible with vrp to do things like create a bank on file type payment experience um so you know you would effectively say to a merchant right i mandate that you can pull payments from my bank account here's some criteria around that but i give you that mandate uh, and then in future, when I shop with that merchant, it could make pulling funds from the account really straightforward without some of the steps that we have today with PIS. Um, so that's another big opportunity. But certainly from my point of view, that number I said at the beginning, 4.6 billion direct debit transactions. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of payments to go after. So a really exciting opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, and yeah, I mean, you you mentioned there the kind of clunkiness sometimes of that direct debit process. So, yeah, let's go on to... To talk about that a bit more now, and 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 frame it in terms of like why is it more beneficial to use VRP over over direct debits or card on file recurring payments? Because I, I guess that's one thing that might not be sort of immediately obvious to to some people.
1: Yeah, well, exactly right, and 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 we're fortunate in the UK because the direct debit system. You, know, you can see four point six billion, right? It's extraordinarily successful. It has really high penetration. Um, you know, every every adult in the UK will be using direct debits. Uh, it's completely dominated, in fact, by by direct debits. Um, but there are there are there are weaknesses. Um, I mean, if we start with the consumer from their point of view, you know, a setting up a direct debit mandate is not necessarily a particularly smooth user experience. A lot of the times, um, b it's not great if you want flexibility over how you pay. So direct debits are very fixed, right? Direct debits don't give consumers control. It's the same amount that appears every month. Actually, often the amount can, you know, can the amount can change without the consumer's awareness. Consumers don't always like that, right? If you're on low income, you don't want this open-ended mandate where someone can just dramatically increase what they're pulling from your account, right? There's a there's a, there's a kind of a control element to it, um, and I think that kind of feeds into this, you know, generally this financial resilience point as well. Um, I think you know, post pandemic, I saw some stat that said twenty five percent of UK adults now have lower financial resilience um, as a result of the result of COVID, and that you know again that feeds into when you, are you going to be really comfortable using something like direct debit where you don't have that control over over your finance. Um, so there's some good reasons I think from the consumer side um, for this, but then also for merchants. Um, and it's no secret that merchants often don't like direct debits. Um, they are a kind of a fairly costly um, uh, sort of method of payment for a merchant. Um, if there are missed payments and if direct debits are missed, that can create a really high operational burden on merchants to try and um, to try and get the money. Um, and I think also business models can change. Right. And, you know, the the, the way that now we're seeing more kind of pay as you go metering and utilities, we're seeing insurers increasingly bill people based on use instead of on very fixed timelines. That requires flexibility for the payment method. And VRP is this kind of incredibly flexible by design, almost like next generation direct debit is how I would how I would see it.
0: OK, so let's dig a bit deeper into kind of the actual benefits then for customers and, and merchants, perhaps starting with with those consumers. What do they actually stand to gain then from from VRP?
1: Well, I think one of the first things I'd note, right, is we at the moment have a very limited flavour of VRP coming to market. Uh, it's VRP for sweeping use cases, which I think you mentioned. Um, so the use of VRP for sweeping is from a current account you own to another current account you own as a consumer. Um, So a really big customer benefit from that is going to be helping to reduce people's overdraft charges. Um, If it's possible to move funds from an account with balance to an account with negative balance and avoid charges that's fantastic for a consumer. Um, There are also going to be benefits uh, for kind of use of that to top up accounts and things like that It's going to make a much more seamless user experience. You could imagine kind of one click current account top ups from another account being available which would be fantastic. Um, So, yeah, so that's kind of the consumers. And I think um, from a merchant point of view or from a bank point of view, this is also a really good thing, right? Banks ultimately, they want to help their customers. They want customers to have a good user experience. So any gain for a customer is going to be a gain for them. Um, But for the banks in particular, it's also uh, a way of them opening up a new revenue stream. Today, they don't uh, make any money from PIS transactions, um, but from VRP, it's possible they could. Um, it's highly secure, it's going to reduce some of the operational burdens that some of these people have to deal with. Um, and I think it's a really great way for banks to stay relevant as well in the eyes of their consumers. And one of the kind of the big benefits of open banking generally is it brings back this idea that what matters in a financial transaction is the person you're buying it from and the bank that gives you the money. It's so simple, right? It's someone you trust, which is your bank, and someone you're buying from, which is the merchant. And that's all there is to it. So it's a great way to get the bank back into the kind of the flow of funds in a really kind of meaningful and tangible way uh, in a very visible way as well
0: and what do you think then are going to be some of the the barriers um to adoption i mean you know you mentioned earlier we're obviously quite early on in this kind of um path to to vrp so um you know and and really the july deadline refers to to sweeping cases only at the moment and um, there's obviously a kind of um the idea that consumers might might need a bit of education here and 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 the banks might need to kind of introduce this idea to them so yeah what are what are some of the barriers anyway
1: yeah and there's a lit there's a long list I should be honest right there's a long list <laughs> so um sweeping in july that's fantastic um we're we're we're, we're ready for that I think some of the other tpps are as well um, we've got a couple of really exciting commercial partners who, are, who cannot wait to get this into the hands of their customers because it is it is going to be transformative from a user experience point of view for them. Um, but I think if we're talking about VRP more broadly um, and some of the kind of direct debit replacement and commerce replacement that we've talked about, there are challenges to resolve and, and, and some big unresolved questions. Um, I think... Uh, I mean, the actual technical spec is the same. So the, the the technical spec that's been released for sweeping is gonna work generally, right? Like we don't actually have to worry about the tech. The things that we have to worry about are some of the kind of commercial questions, disputes and liability. How are we gonna manage um, the operations of managing a dispute? Who's gonna actually do that? Do we need protection in place? You know, all of those things are quite nitty questions. And, you know, there's lots of debates happening today between TPPs, between regulators, between some of the industry bodies on how much do those questions need to be answered, right? And each one of those could be a topic for a podcast in its own right, right? Like, you know, we have different models for every different payment method. With cards, there are very, very strong dispute protections and you have chargeback rights. And, you know, it's really kind of gold-plated, in fact, from a kind of consumer protection point of view. But there is a very you know, legitimate question to be answered around, is all of that going to be necessary in an open banking world? I don't know. It needs debating. Um, the commercial model right now, you know, it's kind of expected that the TPPs and the banks will negotiate that themselves. But is it really practical to expect 20 plus different TPPs to negotiate with 20 plus different banks? Right. That's an awful lot of different combinations of commercial model that need to be agreed. Um, so. You know, I think my message would be, it's fantastic that we have sweeping coming this year. Um, It's really important that as an industry, we continue to work together on VRP. But I am one of the more, uh, what's the word? I'm one of the more pragmatic or realistic, I guess, on this. And that, you know, I I think these are serious questions. And I think they are going to take time to resolve because at the end of the day, we are talking about you know payments here and we're talking about people's people's finances and people's money and access to their bank accounts and that's it's serious it's serious stuff right and we have to get it right um so i wouldn't want to put a date on it but not it's not it's not going to be ready in the near term um for sure
0: yeah like like many aspects of kind of the open banking journey generally it is kind of a long a long road it's it's not like a short-term fix or anything is it so
1: uh, let's turn and, and you know and just to try sorry to go off but just let's to add see. to that right we have to stay razor sharp focused on why are we doing this in the first place why does it matter right mm. because you know we can it's very easy in payments to get excited about things from a technological point of view or from a theoretical point of view but we have to think about the consumer we have to think about what we're changing for them um one of the reasons at the beginning i talked a lot about direct debits is because i do see their being a lot of kind of more immediate and obvious challenges around that that we can tackle and that we can we can help resolve. Um, and if we kind of want to get consumer adoption, we want to get momentum around this. From my point of view, far better to focus on things like those recurring direct debit payments, where we know we've got really clear pain points to solve, than to try and design something that right now would work for every form of payment everywhere. Right? That's if we bite off more than we can chew, then it's going to take a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that chimes with something you said when we spoke for the QA about, you know, it's all very well having technology for technology's sake, but like you were saying there, it has got to ultimately benefit the consumer, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 Which is not rocket science, but sometimes, you know, we got to we've got to remember this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's worth reminding some of, some of the more kind of tech heads in the industry i suppose that could get carried away. um so tell us then what's what's tink doing um to get ready for this um you, you mentioned earlier that obviously you, you you are ready for that deadline so yeah um how are you working on on vrps then.
1: yeah so i mean we're, we're. I mean, we're, we're like all TPPs. We're extremely excited, right? Overall, is what I would say. Um, we are being very, very active, um, and probably more active than the other TPPs, I'd say, on how we can help our bank partners unlock this. Um, we really believe, and I personally really believe, in the importance of us getting this chapter of open banking right. Um, and to get it right means building proper, meaningful, scalable partnerships with banks. Um, You know, banks, ultimately, they they don't make money from PIS transactions. So it's been fantastic that they've given us the support they have. And of course, (laughs) I say given, I mean, they were were mandated by regulation, but it's been fantastic that that's kind of happened and we've got their support. But for me, VRP is a real opportunity for us to get this right and build a sustainable model that's going to last for a long time. You know, direct debit has been around for a long time. If we want VRP to be around for a long time, we've got to get this design right now. Um, So we're doing a lot of work with banks. Uh, We have a small team of people. A small team that's getting, it's becoming a big team um, that is focused purely on this piece. Um, obviously, being part of Visa now, there's a there's a whole bunch of expertise uh, that we're really excited to leverage there as well. Um, but yeah, we're working through those questions, the commercial questions, the dispute questions, the liability questions, um, and and I think getting quite a long walk. Kind of, I think we're making good progress and starting to come up with some good answers there. Um, we are, of course, also super active within all of the industry bodies. We really overinvest in that. We have um, some super senior, um, very strong um, kind of advisors in our network um, that are very well plugged in with these groups as well, because this is just definitely one of those areas where no one TPP is going to crack it alone. Um, we need to work as an industry on this, uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and And then I guess we kind of alluded to this earlier, and I did kind of, Press you to talk a bit more about kind of the time frame for all this all of this really (laughs) difficult
1: i can't escape this question no i'm just gonna say it again really
0: it's gonna repeat it jeremy Paxman style um but (laughs) if you had to make a prediction which you are having to because i've asked you to when will (laughs) vrp get mass adoption do you think
1: what was it that Jeremy Paxman? How many times did he just refuse to answer the question? <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was. It was a politician, wasn't it? I'm going to make a bad politician because I will answer. I will, I will put my stake in the sand and I will say mass adoption of this definitely won't happen next year. Um, I will actually, do you know what? As I answer that question, VRP sweeping, mass adoption, definitely could happen next year for sure. I, I, I've seen, i talk to the merchants, I see the excitement. I see the potential of that. Like, I think we could see that, you know, especially with some of the banks, mass adoption next year, easily. Um, I think broader and other flavours of VRP, hey, I'll I'll, I'll say 2024. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be 2023, certainly not for mass adoption.
0: Okay. Well, we'll definitely, obviously, keep you to those dates and, and get you back on the podcast and then if it hasn't happened.
1: And... <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, I really I think I'd make a terrible politician. Yeah. <laughs> question, <shouldn't>
0: I? <laughs> um, well, Tom, it's been great to speak to you again and thank you for coming on the podcast today as well. Um, we look forward to hearing here at Open Bank Expo all about what Tink is up to in this space um in the coming months and years ahead. So thanks so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks so much, Ellie.
0: My thanks again to Tom Pope from Tink. Great to have him on the podcast. If you fancy listening back to other recent episodes, then visit the on-demand section of openbankingexpo.com. We've had lots of conversations on the podcast series over the past few months. There's also some TV episodes to watch back and live panel debates that you can view on demand as well. Until next time, goodbye.